Hey Divas, I'm Sydney Hampton, a Louisville, Kentucky-based drag queen, horror hostess, and most recently the host and editor of Really Queer, an LGBTQ plus movie podcast. Each episode, I'm joined by a guest who co-hosts with me as we discuss the queer themes, tropes, and the characterizations, for better or worse, of some of our most beloved films, from masterpieces to cringy guilty pleasures. Today, I'm honored to sit down with Spencer Jenkins, who helps to manage and run the Queer Kentucky uh, nonprofit. Hi, Spencer. Hey, thanks for having me today. Of course. Um, so before we get started with everything, um, I just kind of want the audience to get to know you um, and the publication that you run, Queer Kentucky. Yeah, so I, well, first of all, my pronouns are he, him. Um, my um, public, well, it's not my publication. Queer Kentucky started in 2018, and essentially I saw kind of like a big hole in the market here for LGBT content. Um, Leo Weekly would do LGBT stories, um, WFPL would, and then Modern Louisville was around for a little while, which focused on kind of like a upper echelon crowd of LGBT people, at least in my humble opinion. Um, but then that magazine folded, um, which is kind of sad because it was the only like purely queer publication in town. But since there wasn't anything around, I wanted to create something that really lifted our voices consistently. Um, and I didn't want to just do Louisville. I wanted to start reaching out to people in Pikeville, Paducah, um, Central Kentucky, and Northern Kentucky, and all over. And I was really inspired by Humans of New York and the brand Kentucky for Kentucky out of Lexington. Um, and I was like, what if we just merge these two brands together and just make it really fucking queer? And that's kind of what I did. I started an Instagram account and just like a simple WordPress. Um, and then just started taking Polaroids of people and putting a caption underneath their photo and just to tell their story. And then it just caught on really, really fast. Yes. I love that. So whenever you're, um, I've, I've read a couple of the articles on the website, one by, I want to say Anya Lee. Yes. Um, she is one of our newest columnists. She's a... I loved everything about that. <laughs> I read it. And Which I was like, one? Am I supposed to... It was the one about her, uh, her hookup. I think most of them are I read the one. I read one. Um, and the hookup was, uh, was not, was not the tea. She was like in a bad place. Was this the one at, like, it was probably a tap room, which was, like, the the scene of this? Possibly. It was re- it was relatively recent. Yeah. Was the banana picture the main? I think main? so. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to, like, it felt like, it, it felt invasive to read it. Like, I was invading her privacy. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like, it was, it was funny, and it was a little, it was very raw. Um, and it was, uh unapologetically uh i don't want to say like but it wasn't really is vulgar the right word i think like sexually explicit but not in like a like a raunchy way right does that make sense yeah so anya is one of our newest columnists and like she is an amazing writer and it's been so fun working with her and i like don't need to coach her at all which is great because i don't have a whole lot of time to like bring on new writers and coach them. Mm -hmm. She's just really natural and tells her own story like it is. Um, 
we we did get a little feedback in the beginning about like one of her first columns um about it being a little vulgar and it was but like i also didn't care because i'm not going to silence a trans voice on our publication right like our audience is queer people if you're an ally like you're welcome to read but it's not yours right um so it was actually the feedback we got from was from a potential sponsor um they didn't like that we used non-anatomical terms for any type of genitalia and i had to explain to them that a lot of trans people do not use those terms because they cause dysphoria within the body and it was just a really frustrating experience to talk to this nameless organization in kentucky that um didn't want to fund us because of the language we were using in our editorial content and of course this is a like poster child for rainbow capitalism yeah because this company is very shows up to pride and does all all of the all of the things that corporate rainbow stuff does and um it was just disappointing one of the other things queer kentucky does like one of the become one of the biggest parts of queer kentucky is that we created trans inclusive workshops um it's essentially a 101 workshop like for people who know zero things about the LGBT community. Um, we call it a trans-inclusive workshop because it leans heavily into trans and non-binary identities. However, like, we talk about the community as a whole. Yeah. So I met with Humana and talked to two of the diversity people about getting the workshop into Humana. Um... This year, I don't think they were going to use us because they had already had their pride plans all figured out. Mm -hmm. I think they were going to have, like, Matthew Shepard's mom come and speak, which is great. Um, They do have, I mean, they have events, like, on the uh, surface level. Yeah. It's very, like, they they do all the rainbow capitalism things. Like, you'll you'll see the the speakers and they change their homepage, uh, the employee portal homepage to rainbow flag and... They have like hashtag pride voices and it's like things written up by people who are high up and have excellent lives um, thanks to their excellent jobs. So it's very privileged. It's very yeah. privileged. Uh, I usually, usually white. Um, very. Usually the two people female. I talked to were, were very oh. white. So, yeah. Um, and they were really excited about like the whole Matthew Shepard's mom coming. Um, and that is a very important story. But yeah, and that's that, in the right place, I think. Those those people's hearts are in the right place. I still think that now in 2021, white cisgendered gay men mm-hmm. are not the target for hate crimes. Yes, it probably happens. Yeah. And but essentially like black trans women are the ones being targeted most. Yeah. And every time I say I tend to say that to people who push back on our training and I always kind of let them know like, "Hey, if you decide to to utilize us, keep in mind that we focus heavily on intersectionality and talking about black queerness as well. Yeah. And those are just, like, the inner, like, talking about, um, you have, whenever you listen to the, or watch or listen to the, the ride round table that we did, um, the one you just took over everything. The one where I just took over everything. (laughs) Um, we talked about intersectionality a little bit and I kept trying to bring it up. Because I really wanted it to be a, a, a focal point, 
and whenever the conversation wasn't necessarily going that direction, that's whenever I started producing. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I will fully step on toes if I feel like we need to talk. I was like, we got to talk about, uh, we got to talk about, because we had two um, people of color there, specifically black, uh, we had a black woman and um, a black non-binary person. Um, and I was like, we got to, we got to, we got to utilize their voices more than just like, what does pride mean to you? Like, let's break open that shell if they're comfortable and they work. So anyway, um, but yeah, like I feel like a lot of companies aren't ready to have a conversation about, um, like the intersections of like queerness and race and gender and sexuality. Hey divas. If you want to check out the Pride Month Roundtable featuring LGBTQ plus voices that appeared on WHIS 11, check out the episode description for a link to give it a listen. I've been toying with the idea of having a, like, The View-like podcast for a while now, and if that's something you'd like to happen, let me know. In the meantime, let's get back to the episode. But kind of going back to what you are saying about Al, I noticed something that Robin Williams says to Al in the very beginning. Um, Al is saying something about being a woman mm-hmm. and Nathan La- or and Robin Williams says like you're not a woman and I feel like today like that would be such a shitty thing to say some- to somebody right after they kind of identified as a woman to you. Yeah. Um I he and Nathan Lane's character makes, like, kind of that whaley cry afterwards. That's kind of a trope for the movie, it seems like. Yeah. Um, Very much so. But it was interesting to see, like, in the 90s how easily it was for people to just, like, dismiss any type of other gender. Yeah. And I think for the movie, like, the... I don't think that... Because I, whenever I watched this before, I kind of thought that um, Armand, Robin Williams' character, was a, kind of a dick. And I feel like sometimes he's still quite a bit of a dick. But same time also like this is the this is the 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. and this is a queer story told not for the queers like it's that we're we are not the movie's target audience it's for straight white women and very that um and i feel like a lot of the things that i find kind of like you today i'm also kind of like but if they had tried to explore that deeper their audience would have tuned out oh yeah so yeah i, I like i'm i'm like Whenever we first were talking about this, uh, like, doing this on uh, Insta, I was kind of like, oh, I can talk all day about about this movie. I I like it, but I also hate it. Now I'm, like, really forgiving of it. And I think it's probably because I watched it with, like, like going in with, like, the intent to kind of watch it from a critical lens. And somehow I found less to be mad about this time around. Well, I think it's easy to be forgiving... Of a lot of media portrayals of queerness in the 80s. Well, not, well, 80s and 90s. 80s is a whole nother world of media portrayal with HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Um, but I was listening to another podcast about this uh, movie because I do like to prepare for things. And um, they were talking about how this was like, quote, the palate cleanser of all of the HIV and AIDS media that was really being showcased throughout the world. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that because I wouldn't want to call it a palate cleanser. Yeah, but I get the intent behind it. Yeah, I totally understand what they were saying because it was lighthearted. It was 
funny. There wasn't um, doom and gloom. Nobody was nobody was sick. Nobody the whole was dying. thing is happy. Yeah, for the well, most part, it's happy depending on which side of the aisle you are viewing it from. Right, but I mean, they're also definitely catering to a straight crowd because they took like your typical Fire Island gay like mask hairy man, mm-hmm. paired him with. Um, a really obnoxious uh, femme drag queen, queen, essentially. And that is kind of... I feel like from then on, that is how queerness was portrayed. Yeah. You went from HIV, AIDS, and straight people thinking we are cancer to full-blown queens and, mm-hmm. like, Fire Island-type gays. Yeah, because you gotta think, too, like, after this kind of I portrayal... I wish they could see me days. talk with my hands. <laughs> I w- if, I, if I was smart, I would have had the camera, but <laughs> I, I'm fully... Um, I'm not in the gigs today. But what were you saying? Um, yeah, the movie follow... or uh, Following this movie was, like, the Will and Grace characters, and we get Jack and... Uh, the more subdued Will, who kind of mirrors more of a Robin Williams, uh, Armand character. Um, so I feel like, and, and then you, you had your, like, regular sitcoms that had, like, gay men here and there. They were always hairdressers, and they are always fabulous, and it kind of, like, romanticized for straight women. Like, oh, I want someone that fabulous in my life. Right. Um, and then slowly they humanized queer people in, in film and media. It just took him a while, but... Well, and I think the whole, like, having a super mask person and a super femme person in the relationship, like um, Armand and Al, kind of gave birth to the whole question of who's the man and who's the woman in your relationship. Yeah. Almost like who's bottoming, who's topping. And it's just like, it's not a real thing. Um, Media has done a lot to... um, kind of portray us in these weird tropey ways yeah they i think they do that because it helps uh, I, I think they think it helps um to make it easier to relate to us if they have like an idea of yeah, but what we, if we don't want them to we don't want them to, we don't want them to <laughs> let's go back underground yeah i would actually love that um that's something that we can talk about that has been like a day. movement like people not wanting to do intersectional stuff and do inclusion and just like that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about it anytime you want. Yeah, we can, we, um, we can do a follow-up for sure. Yeah, because that would be that would be fierce. Um, well, Alrighty, well... Oh, did you have another... Well, another I was note? just going to say, like, we can't continue talking about this movie without acknowledging the fact that almost everyone in this movie is filthy rich. Boots. Like, the main characters are... A senator and his wife and daughter and the queer family, the queer modern family, basically, mm-hmm. who is a club owner in South Beach, like, and not like some shitty place on South Beach, it's on Ocean Drive mm-hmm. in the 90s. And then, obviously, he's married to a really intense um, femme queen who... Is the star of the show. Yeah, is the star. I was like, why does that person have money, though? It's because they're the star of the show and married to Armin. Yeah. Very that. And, um, of course, Val has the upbringing of uh, being with, with his his two dads. and I would love that. Two moms, two dads. T. And the mom... The... Non-binary parents. Tra- like, it would be mm-hmm. so great. 
I'm just waiting for my mom to be like, I'm a lesbian. She never will, but... I pray, I, I pray all the time for my, my uh, Michael's mom and my mom to just les out. <laughs> Sorry if you listen to this, mom. But now you know what, what I want for Christmas. Lezzing out. Yeah. Um, we got, uh, you know, Val's... Val's uh, I, I was I, I was trying to figure out who the villain of this movie is because obviously you're immediately going to think like the Republican senator, the Republican senator, and clearly they are villainous. Like the the family's villainous. Um, I think everyone plays a villainous role though. They all kind of fuck with each other in some way. I don't feel like Nathan Lane is ever the villain. No, that's you're right. Nathan does nothing. The wrong. queerest character in this movie is an angel baby who should be protected. And the one who saves the day at the end. Yep. And is constantly getting shit on by both the Republican family, um, while they're at, like, while they're in, uh, his, in, in their home. I'm gonna go ahead and use interchangeable pronouns for oh, Nathan Lane's character. Yeah. Um, That's what I do. I, yeah. I always just default to they for literally everyone. Yeah, I try. I, I've, I've taught myself well to, to pretty much just use they, unless it's, like, explicit. But, um... So if you're straight... Sishat, listening to this, just default to they. Yeah, it's really, and you can you can listen and you can learn uh, how we use it interchangeably, and it it's not as it's not gonna break your sentence structure like you think it is. Um, Re- like literally, you can look it up in Webster. It's been used as a singular pronoun for centuries. Yeah, very that. Um, but yeah, like I just I don't feel like Nathan Lane is ever the the villain. I think that obviously the I think that they're the hero. Um, I think the real villain in this movie, though, is Val. Oh, yeah. Son. He is a fucking asshole. And yeah. I was trying to, like, devil's advocate, because uh, Michael was like, this, this person's a dick. And I'm like, yeah, but it's also the, like, 2000s, and this movie's not made for us, it's made for straight people. And him seeing his super gay dad, like you know, be exuberant and fun and, and fabulous or whatever is probably fine, but also embarrassing to them. Um, and then I was like, not me over here trying to, like, explain away this this person being a fucking prick. But at the same time, I'm also like, it it makes sense for the time. That is how people looked at us. Like, we were... Freaks. Like, if they didn't hate us and want us to all fucking die or go on an island by ourselves, they they didn't want us to, like break the mold or be be exuberant or whatever be queens it's like the calling every gay man a drag queen back in the 90s you know you're fucking drag queen like that was always the thing because oh yeah that's so true Mm -hmm. yeah well and it's when you bring up the whole like not having nathan lane's character around when um val's fiance calista flockhart is being introduced to the family, she's, or they say something like, uh, the monster, the freak, like, won't be around. Yeah. And it's like, they were being victimized the same way straight people victimize us mm-hmm. by their own partner. Yeah. And it's just like, that's so fucked up. Yeah. And whenever, I, like I said before, I, whenever I watched this before, I thought that Robin Williams' character was a complete fucking asshole for not, like, standing by... Um, Al, Nathan Lane, um, more. But then I try, and again, devil's advocate, um, thinking about it from a critical standpoint and trying to be non-biased as much as I can. I'm also like, is this a example of, 
or not an example of, um, is this, is his, uh, are his actions that he's taking, like, informed by the fact that he's the biological father of this little straight boy who, and, and he feels guilty because his life has been more, made more difficult. And now he feels guilty because he really wants to get married to this. He couldn't have picked a, a more complicated family to, to get well, married into. And they're also 20 and 18. Yeah, which is bizarre. But you know what? Straight people love to make bad, bad decisions. So. Get married really young. Really young. Um, but we U-Haul up all the time, too. That's so. the team. But we don't, we don't usually uh, have, like, financial contracting obligations. No. Uh, Not many of us have Republican senator parents, team. either. So... <laughs> Yeah, I just, I wonder if, like, his, his decisions were informed, and I, I watched it a li- I watched it, and I tried to be more sympathetic of Robin Williams' character, and I successfully was. I think that there was some, uh, if, if Nathan Lane's character had been pissed off boots uh, at Armand, I would get it, because um, it's an easy way to feel betrayed, but also, throughout the movie, they tried, uh, Robin Williams tried to make, uh, Nathan Lane included, or saying, we're not sending him away after breaking his heart. And then was like, you know, he'd run after Nathan Lane every time he had a, an, a quote unquote episode and would, you know, sashay out. Um, but like, it, I felt like the characters were otherwise a healthy relationship. Um, you know, they love each other. It's a very positive relationship with the exception of like the curveballs they've been thrown. Um, with this new situation. So, I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like they were doing this for the love of their child. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see that these parents would really dull their queerness for their kid. I mean, in the end, we see that, like, they cannot do that because it's not who they are. Right. But, I mean, I think it does show how much they love their kid that they're trying to make this happen for them but it's still fucked up and then oh, it doesn't yeah, work absolutely. yeah it doesn't work and it's, it's completely fucked up that they were ever even asked like it's one thing to be like can we um maybe put the 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 dick sculptures away or like That's, the dick balls yeah the dick balls <laughs> like maybe we could maybe we could go for like something a little less a little more understated sure yeah um, but telling like if if anybody in my family was like blah 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 is gonna bring their girlfriend around for the first time can you tone it down and like be less queer i'd be like no no absolutely not like if i was like if i showed up i wouldn't show up in like a for one i don't i wouldn't wear it anyway but like if i were the kind of person who had the body for a speedo i would maybe be like okay i won't wear a speedo to easter but like (laughs) we all have bodies for speedos i mean you're not you're not wrong it's true for everybody that doesn't have uh, dysphoria, so the um, the the fact that like he comes in and tells his both of his parents that they're what's the word like I guess too fat I, I think I'm allowed to say faggy on the podcast yeah now. they're yeah yeah so they're too faggy um, and they they comply and it's because they care about him and then the whole time he's a fucking asshole to everybody he's mad he's mean to, to the the movers and uh to nathan lane and to armand and 
to the poor uh, butler person. The houseboy. The houseboy. Um, I love that they have a houseboy. Like, that's such a stereotypical thing for two old gay well queens to, to have. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of some I wanted to do that. I wanted here. to be that. I wanted to be one of those so bad when I was in my 20s. And be like, oh, everything would be paid oh, for. I aged out of that a long time ago. Yeah, I... I don't I had, get those calls anymore. I had 23, and I was like, oh, there it is. I should have taken advantage of that, yeah. but I never did. Oh, well. Um, one of the things that really resonated with me is the amount of, like, lying I've done. Like, the amount of lying I've... The amount of lies I've told myself to try and be straight, like, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, as Especially, like, when uh, Robin Williams is trying to teach Nathan Lane how to be more masculine. Like, that scene is always so triggering to me because I think... I don't know about you or anyone listening, but I had so many times in my childhood, in my teens, and even in my early 20s, where family would be like, that is not how men act. Men need to do this. Men need to do that. You need to walk this way. Your voice is too, you know, like high-pitched. You need to change the way you walk or don't talk with your hands. And that was just like... And that's kind of what goes on in that scene. And I just hate that. I hate it when anybody is really told how to act when it is in relation to their gender. Yeah. And his, like... um, And their, their mannerisms and whatnot, like obviously played for laughs and over the top but right like i think about how many things that that they do um naturally like the character does naturally and then i think about the things that i like i change whenever i go out um to non-queer spaces like i'm more more anxious anytime i used to not i used to have crippling anxiety going to fucking kroger (laughs) and i'm a lot better now but it used to be really really bad um but, like, Michael brought it up um, that, like, I, I'm i not comfortable with, like, hand-holding in public or, and it's it's carried over to shame at home. Like, oh, it's an uncomfortable, yeah. it's an uncomfortable, like, um, I don't know if it's, like, like, a texture thing now. Like, I've just, like, gotten, un- like, so uncomfortable with it um, from, like, holding hands at, like, state fairs and, you know, mm-hmm. getting harassed. Um, and then being like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. Ever again. I will never forget when I, I was literally leaving, leaving a Halsey concert of all artists in Indy. And I was holding my partner's hand at the time and someone was driving by and just screamed faggots. And I was like, I'm at a Halsey concert. Like this is supposed to be gay. And like, yeah. So, I mean, I get what you're saying that shame when you touch, it's just, it carries over sometimes. Yeah. And I just think about how hard it would be for me to, like, like, change, like, the small things about me. Um, and then I, and then after he brought that up, I was like, oh, that was changed for me. Like, right. yeah, granted, I could unpack why I'm not comfortable with it. But that's, like, a lot of, um, that's, that's money to a therapist. Um, so I, I just, I wonder, like, the kind of trauma that, like, after this, what, weekend? The movie takes place in, like, two days, right? Yeah, it's a real quick... Yeah. Um, so, like, all of this trauma that they're having to endure in a small amount of time, I would be resentful. I would never... I would I would not be... I would not be the, the hero at the end of the movie. 
No. I would be completely... I would be shitty. I'd be really... And, like, I would feel justified in being shitty. If Nathan Lane was a bitch this whole movie, good for her. You know? (laughs) So. Yeah, and it's just... I just can't get past the whole, like, having to change yourself still. Like, I've developed this, like, really monotone valley girl accent because when I was younger, I sounded a lot gay. I mean, I still sound really fucking gay. But when I was younger, I sounded even more feminine. And so, like, people would always be like, you sound gay. Or family would be like, you sound gay. And I'm like, fuck, what am I supposed to do? Like, I am gay. Um, Of course, I didn't say that. So, like, at a young age, I started to, like, try and deepen my voice. And really, that just turned into me being monotone all the time. So, like, it's weird how, like, these little changes we make when we're young because of what we're told Mm -hmm. kind of, like, stick with you forever. So I'm always, like, self-conscious of my voice. I've gotten better at it, especially since starting Queer Kentucky and constantly, you know, speaking and talking to people and being on podcasts and being interviewed. Yeah, hearing yourself, hearing your your (laughs) queerness in your voice. Like, I'm also, like, very monotone now. But people are probably so bored listening to They're fine. They're fine. If I put them to sleep, then that's that's a good thing to listen every night. (laughs) Good, good. So, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, there's, there's changes that you make, like you said, as, as a child that you carry forever. And then in a weekend, all this trauma that this, this character is enduring, I'm sure would probably last for forever. That's it's, a lot of trauma in a weekend. Well, it's almost like they're, they're numb to it. They're just used to it from, I would love to know their backstory. Yeah, we don't get a backstory. No, I, I, envision, I think about starring a, um, Nathan Land's drag persona as like the star of this, this beautiful show with his, his uh, partner and and the gayest part of the of the United States in the time that this is taking place, um, and I can't imagine that they have like a lot of homophobia because you get to see Nathan uh, walking through the like out like the the town and like they know everybody they know the the person selling the lobster they go into the bakery and like. You know, they're everybody's very kind and accommodating and warm and right, like family. Um, so going from that to this is the reality outside of this. This is how people view you, and you're 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 a freak. That has to be like really hard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but like sometimes I still feel that. Like I have gotten into this really intense queer bubble, and like sometimes yeah. when I go in to talk to these rooms of executives and like board type people I'm like oh my god they're gonna judge me for being a flaming fucking homo and trying to get them to give me money Mm -hmm. to continue being a flaming homo yeah um and to tell them how to treat people yeah (laughs) and i'm just up there like tattooed limp rest like yeah (laughs) no i I definitely feel that like going because i the queer bubble like you like you spoke of all of I don't have a sing I mean this I don't have a single heterosexual friend who is not also trans. Yeah, I don't have a single. I mean, I have I know people and I'm I have like extended yeah. friendships with those people, but there is no one in my my circle who is not a faggot. I of think some variety. The ones that are in my life are ones from like 
childhood. So, like, a couple people I grew up with, maybe, who have been with me on my queer journey and mm-hmm. have always been supportive. Um, but that's still, like, one or two. All of mine It may got, just be one. All of mine got married and had kids, and then we drifted, and, like, we still keep in touch through, like, comments and stuff, but, like, none of them are in my... Like, I don't go to brunch with any with any cishet straight girls or straight it's, men. I don't have any... I don't have, I don't have heterosexuals in my life. I have some straight women, but I love, love lesbians. I hang out with lesbians all the time. And, like, I don't know why. I think I just feel like they take care of me when I need it. Yeah. And, like... I always like having a feminine aspect around, I guess. But, like, that is pretty much my circle, is just, like, a shit ton of lesbians. I love that. Yeah. I have very few, like, gay male friends, actually. A lot of trans friends. But, yeah, when it comes to, like, heteros, not a ton. So, and and whenever we get out of our bubble and we have to go do something, like, I don't know, go to get our tires changed oh, something real mask <laughs> something really mask and like you go in there and you're like like i have to brace myself like getting out of the car like earrings um <laughs> nail polish like i'll having i'll be like oh fuck i forgot to get my nail polish off and i'm like it's fine just go in there it's cool you're fine you can do this huh and then i like go in there and i like come up to the counter and i'm like trying to fix my voice as i'm going up and i'm like I need a tire change. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll be like, you know, you get a conversation with them for a second and then it slowly becomes, can I get a cow, a tire change to, okay. Yeah. Or I'll yeah. say, I'll say, <laughs> oh, boots. If they like, oh, I can save you 10%. Boots. Sickening. Yes. Work. Something, something gay. And they're like, well, cover's blown. It doesn't last very long. The whole like masking it up. We should just start walking in there and just being like, Hey girl. <laughs> hey queen. What's up sis? Hey divas, so yeah, no, it's it that's that's very so. I'm I'm glad that someone else is also talking about the queer bubble because I feel like I feel like everybody I know has a queer bubble, just about. Oh yeah, I mean it's where we feel safe. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that like me as an advocate and you as an advocate, we still mask up when we go to certain places. Yeah, and I don't want to get I don't want to get my fucking ass. Yeah, in like I drove down. <laughs> It's not where I want to die. <laughs> no, no, no. Cause of death. Redneck at AutoZone. Yeah. Um, no, like, I drove to Tennessee not long ago, down to Nashville, and I had to stop to get gas at some, like, weird-ass fireworks place, because they have them all down on the way there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm wearing an obnoxious rainbow shirt. I hope I make it out of this gas station. I don't know if that's crazy for me to think. No, I don't But it's I'm... just like, and you're like, nope, nope, because I feel that way. I feel that way. <laughs> I could literally, I can literally, like, I want to get t-shirts made, uh, for Really Queer, and then I'm like, I'm gonna wear this everywhere. Promo, like, promo, right? Oh, yeah. And then, um, I, like, say here, I was sitting here thinking about you going into the, the gas station in Tennessee, bumfuck nowhere, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. in a queer Kentucky shirt, and I immediately had that, that gut feeling of, like, that's gonna be you, bitch, whenever you get your podcast shirts done, and you're gonna have to confront you're going to have to confront, are you going to reach for your MTV hoodie in the back seat that you keep specifically for uh, days when it's raining or when you don't want to look like a complete and total faggot? Mm-hmm. I say that, and it's a multicolored 
uh, windbreaker MTV <laughs> jacket, but but it's MTV. It's MTV. Some like hip, yeah, some, modern. Some hipster rapper or some hipster like Americana singer probably yeah. wears it. So, yeah, that's a so that's a very um, it's a very good conversation to have. I'm sitting it's here talking thing. to you. I'm like thinking these are conversations that we could have like regularly. Oh yeah, lots of lots of people. Well, it's funny. One of the so. We work with a lot of companies, SoulCycle, which is like our first international brand. They're a fitness company. They do spin classes. That's what they specialize in. And they're based out of New York, and they've definitely had a lot of problematic stuff happen within their higher-up leadership, and they're trying to do better. And one of the things they want to do is create a queer group within their company to talk about these types of issues. Not just, like, an employee resource group where, like, mm-hmm. they figure out what to do for Pride, but, like, a group where they can talk to their peers about different experiences that they've been having or, like, if someone called them a faggot, like, on the street. And I think it's important for our community to, like, really dive into these sometimes and unpack it with each other because a lot of times we just don't do that and that's when that trauma just, like, sits in us. Yeah. And then we make bad decisions, like, you know, shooting up heroin or, like, robbing a bank. I don't know. One of those things. My most destructive um, habits are, um, like, whenever I'm spiraling, is spending money I don't have. Luckily, that's the extent. I say luckily because there are way worse things out there that I could be doing. But it's typically destroying relationships, um, cutting myself off from people. And spending money I don't have. Sabotage and isolation is great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I spent my rent money one year um, on Pokemon plushies, as we were talking about before. It was on, uh, I went to FYE. Our little audience. Yeah, I went to FYE and I got a bunch of movies and t-shirts, hoodies, socks, wallet, posters. Like, I You were on a high. I was on a manic high, yeah. actually. I was coming back from a deep depression. We love that. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to spend all my money. I spent... I think I was like, I had to take it all back too, which is the fucking, I hate returns. And I really hated that walk of shame back into the mall with F- like FYE bags, like making <laughs> rings on my yeah. arm. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. And having to take it all back and be like, I am sorry. I don't need any of this except for maybe, maybe this Togepi plushie. <laughs> and like, that was humiliating. So yeah. yeah. Isolation and sabotage. Um, one of the things in the movie, and I keep getting reminded about it because we keep saying it, is they use the word fag a lot. Yeah. And, like, I think that is incredibly interesting to hear in an early 90s movie. I don't know if it, like, normalized it for straight people to say even more, or if they were really trying to hint at how our community can use it like within our own community mm-hmm. um i just find the word fascinating and i personally don't have a problem with it when i'm using it among friends and community but there are some people who will never take a liking to that word yeah and i thought it was interesting that they just used it a lot mm-hmm. yeah that's a that's a valid that's um the, the words that we reclaim is always, like, an interesting conversation to have whenever we talk about older movies. Um, uh, because there are people within our community who are 
justifiably uncomfortable with words like uh, faggot and queer. Oh yeah, I get um, it all. Queer Kentucky, the older generations, like, why would you call it that? And I'm like, oh, we're reclaiming it, and so sometimes it's hard to pitch to people. Yeah, <laughs> get them well, to really, jump on board. really queer was also same word. Right? Yeah, um, and then uh, the T slur. Um, some some trans girls will reclaim that and welcome its usage. Oh, um, like Anya. Oh, does she? Anya uses all kinds of slurs. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and for some people it's empowering. Like, I feel empowered using faggot. Like, I got called, called that all the time. And it usually was followed by, like, a push into a locker. Or, like, getting a punch in that, like, a frog in the arm, or whatever they call it. Yeah. Like, frog, yeah. You know how about, have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. I'm over here in my head. I'm like, you were, like, movie-type bullied? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It was, um... Do we need to find them? Um, most of them are in jail. Oh, or, perfect. Yeah, for domestic... That's not good. Yeah. But I'm glad they're gone. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, one of them uh, broke in... Um, hi, Cody. One of them broke into their girlfriend's apartment um, where he was kicked out of to steal her money um, so that he could buy heroin. And, like, she came... And he, like, went into the baby's room because they had a baby together. Oh. And, um... She was like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he beat the shit out of her. And then went out the window again. Which, if by that point, why wouldn't you just go out the door? Yeah. Um, and then That's he just was... just making things difficult. Yeah, he, like, he had, like, a, like a long, uh, a long court trial thingy. Um, I think he got, like, years, like... Probably. Breaking and entering, plus battery. Yeah. Yeah. And possibly endangering a child, depending on how bad that got. I don't know a lot about it. I heard about it, and at first I was like... And yeah. Like, oh. Well, he definitely sounds like somebody that would use faggot in like a not cute way. Yeah, he no, he didn't use it in a cute way. Or like it a wasn't fun like hey fag either. Yeah. Either because that's a big thing too, is people use it in sex a lot too yeah. in our community. I just, I am fascinated by the words we use mm-hmm. as a community, and I always, people try to have me explain it, like straight people, straight cis hat people, most of the time why do I use the word faggot so much? Or like, why do you use the word, the word queer? And I'm like, I don't know. Like they're fun for us to use sometimes. We're reclaiming them, I guess. Um, They're words that hurt us for a long time. And now we get to have people who we feel safe with and use them back and forth. And um, sometimes it's like a jab, like, like if Salem's in here and she's acting stupid, I might look at her and be like, you dumb faggot. Oh yeah. And then it's like, you know, we're laughing. And then sometimes it's like, um, like a term of endearment like whenever I talk about myself and my queerness sometimes I'll be like you know what I'm a proud faggot mm-hmm. and it feels like it's I'm saying I'm a positive proud and then faggot so that word doesn't mean what it used to to me does it mean that it doesn't uh, make me feel unsafe whenever a red pickup truck drives by my work yeah. and yell out the window in front of all of my coworkers and then embarrass me boots that's different and then like but it's also the intention that it's used well no it's also like church people or like a family member if they were to say it like that would be so hurtful yeah but i just that just doesn't happen to me these days that often um i'm sure it will because i literally put myself in the spotlight all the time now um as an advocate we'll just cross that bridge when it happens yes and when it does happen, I might can... lose my shit, <laughs> depending you... on who it is. And you know what? If you do, if you lose your shit, then um, I will 
uh, be fully supportive. Uh, <laughs> Queer Kentucky executive director goes to jail yeah. for... <laughs> And I'll, I'll be out there beating with the, sign. the shit out of somebody. No, I'm like I Free don't Spencer. fight. I'm super gay. I'm super faggy. I don't fight. I'm scrappy, so I I, I might, but I usually want to, especially if I'm with somebody that's also, because like, it's usually me and my husband or me and my black trans friends, and I'm like, I got they got two uh, two strikes against them, so to speak. So let's just yeah. not. But if it was just me, I might be willing to die that day. Yeah. You know what I mean. So. I do, and usually I'm surrounded by lesbians who just like won't put up with it. Not at all. At all. Yeah, I should get a couple of lesbians in my court. But you really should. <laughs> literally, just drag. Like, I'm surrounded by. Drag I don't want to fuck with a drag queen either. So. I don't want to fuck anyone in the queer community. Has I shouldn't say anyone. A lot of people, or most, have been through it as LGBT and Q in general. Mm-hmm. And those are just not people I want to fuck with. People that have, like, years of drama that are just ready to go at you. I'm just surprised Nathan Lane did not crack and just shoot somebody. Oh, boots. Like, there were so many times where, I mean, he, like, he would uh, throw the like throw a book or something at some point at Robin Williams. And, like, a, like one of their um, exuberant fits or whatever. Exuberant fits. I'm gonna start calling I, those my outbreak or outbursts. I <laughs> outbreaks don't love close. this. Ca- I know that they're like supposed to be this like campy, nonsensical entity. Yeah. I respect the fuck out of Nathan Lane's character. That is someone who is authentically themselves. I wish that I could be that exuberant. Oh yeah. Like there was a time when I was. And I unlearned it. Well, it was... Survival. Yeah, it was almost... It was either physically or verbally beaten out of you. Yeah. Like, so, but, like, if, if I could be that person, I would fully be that... I wish I had the, the, the theatrics and dramatics of throwing myself down, um, boarding a door so that my husband can't come in here because he hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, that is such a serve to me. But, well, it's just not there. Mm-mm. Um, one thing that is very subtle in the movie is the erasure, the anti-Semitism as well. Yeah. Like, I, Jewish I erasure. I never really clocked it before because they kept going Coleman. Yeah. I was, was like, Goldman? Coleman. When I was younger, like, it was one of my first movies, no. like, queer movies, like, I don't know, Goldman is a common Jewish last name. Mm-hmm. But watching it this time, I'm like, oh, Yeah. There's, it's a Republican senator. They're, of course, an anti-Semite. Yeah. And that was a, that was a weird pill to, to swallow for the first time, too, because I, um, it never occurred to me that these characters were, like, any other intersection other than, than gay. Right. Um, and I've been binging the nanny. Oh, the so nanny. I have, like, we love um, Fran Drescher. We do. There's a lot of, uh, really, um, like jokes about about the holocaust in that show and i did not realize holocaust jokes are never funny they're made by fran and they're like subtle too like like blink and you'll miss all and i'm like (laughs) i cannot believe and i'm I'm not like i'm not gonna i don't i don't i'm not i don't have to i don't um if if you or i made the joke i would be like cut that out but if a jewish person makes a joke about it i'll probably go 
like that, you know, like the ooh, reaction, but I won't tell them not to. So I won't tell her she can't, but it's, it was very jarring now to understand the jokes because me and Michael have the, the box set and then we watch it on HBO so we can actually like binge it properly. Yeah. And change out discs and stuff. Well, I think that goes back to kind of like us using the word fat. Yeah. And like, I have friends that live with HIV and they make HIV jokes all the time and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. So I'm, it's just, we make inappropriate jokes about our own communities with each other all the time. Yeah. And then, like, um, uh, do you listen to Sibling Rivalry? Mm-mm. It's fierce. I'm Sometimes... just gonna, I need to listen to your playlist. Oh, Sibling oh, Rivalry is this a person? The, the Sibling Rivalry is podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's the, uh, the, uh, Bob the Drag Queen of Money Exchange. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it, like, horror queers and... Uh, sibling rivalry or like neck and neck. Gotcha. Like sometimes they just it's to tumble. Um, Bob, I was taking a shower. I think I've told this on the podcast before, and if so, I'm sorry, y'all. Um, I was taking a shower and I had my speaker in the shower so I could listen to the podcast. And I'm sitting there, I'm enjoying the conversation. You know, kiki, ha ha ha, so funny. Are you laughing and out loud by yourself? In the shower, actually, the Loki. Look at you. That's one of the few. The, those two will make me laugh, and they can they can tell me, like they can tell the stories the same time, like the same stories, and I'll still enjoy it every time. I love them together. They are magic. Um, not to fangirl, um, <laughs> but I'm sitting there in the shower, and I'm like, you know, vibing or whatever, and enjoying this conversation. They're talking about race, and it's a it's a funny conversation, but also an insightful one. And then Bob said. Um, like, some really, like, insightful things that I was, like, sitting in the shower, like, washing my hair, like, like, a full moment, like, took my breath away. I was like, oh, wow, this makes sense. I'm learning something right now. And then I, like, I learn it. And then, uh, Bob just repeatedly used the end, the hard, the hard R N-word with Monet. And they're laughing about it. And the whole time I'm, like, having, like, I'm, like, twitching. Yeah. Because I'm hearing something that I, I... I shouldn't. I feel like I'm. It's one of those things where I feel like I'm in. I'm. I'm invading on someone's privacy. Yeah. Yeah. So if like my friends use the like, uh, use the the even the soft A N word mm-hmm. and they're they're black, I'll still I'll still cringe for a second. Yeah. And then I have to have a like a, a moment with Jesus, so to speak, <laughs> where I'm like, just a quick prayer. Yeah. Just a, just a quick like you know you're you're fine. You didn't say it. <laughs> um, they're allowed to say it, and you can't say anything about it. Like I don't know. It's, yeah, and I think it just goes back to all of us making light and reclaiming shit. Yeah. But there's always people within the community that Don't still like that. hate yeah. it. There it's... are plenty of, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of, um, like, people in the black community who don't want to hear right. either uh, iteration of the N-word used. Um, and don't think it should be used in, like, hip-hop and rap, where it's a kind of a staple Right. And then there are others who are like, that's our word. We're going to use it, you know? Um, so. It was always annoying to hear faggot in rap, though. Yeah. It was especially, the 90s, like, people used the word fag and gay as derogatory terms about everything. Uh, literally. There was that's that gay. Hillary, like, uh, Hillary Duff commercial. Uh-uh. It was like a PSA, and she's like in a store, and someone's like, that's so gay. She's like oh, talking yes. about top, and she's like, "How would you like it if I came up to you and said that's so girl in a skirt for a top?" <laughs> and like, and it was like a 
Z-snap white girl moment, and I'm like, it's cringy as fuck. But, like, but yeah. It's ally. Dumb. Ally through and through. Hillary mm-hmm. Dove. <laughs> Even with that cringe, I still applaud. Um, it's not... I don't know. Maybe someday I'll stop using the word. I don't think I ever will. Probably not. I just like faggy too much with a Y. Oh my god, faggy is so fun. Yeah. I describe my outfits all the time as like, is this faggy enough? Yeah. Like when I'm going out to the bar, I want to look faggy enough. We're just describing things, not even just people. Like, yeah. I don't know. This and, artwork is very faggy. Well, and like, one of my very close lesbian friends, Sarah Gardner, who is doing our podcast with us for Queer Kentucky, she uses the word dyke all the time. Yeah. And has, like, really empowered that word. And a lot of lesbians, like, across the board, have empowered that word. Mm-hmm. And that was just as derogatory as yeah. faggot. And that was used a lot in, that, in like, early 2000s, Dyke, 90s, dyke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was used to bring it on a couple of times, as well as fag. Um, oh, what's-her-face from Destiny's Child... Who? Oh, your horror movie, Bob. Freddy versus you know Jason. This. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Kelly Rowland. Uh, Kelly Rowland. Yeah, and she gets. She's like, uh, calling Freddy a faggot, and then she gets immediately murdered by by Jason. You see, that's what happens to you, straight people yeah. that use the word faggot. You get killed. T. So don't do it. Because <laughs> I'll fucking I'll fucking murder you. But um, but yeah, like it's just um, it's like all of those movies, is, and this is a good example of them that. But this one, uh, the queer characters also use the word within, like, for themselves, and then you hear it from the talking heads on the, the TV um, and the Republican family. You kind of get, like, a, a the different use and different impact and different intent of the word. Um, one other thing is, like, before the show Modern Family came out, which also has its problematic oh, absolutely. issues as well... Um, this kind of showed the modern family, like, for the first time, mm-hmm. at least for me, yeah. in the 90s. Like, I'm sure there was something before. Someone will correct me, probably. But it was interesting seeing, like, basically a surrogate mother, but she wasn't. She was just absent. Yeah. And then two dads, and then they were going to be married into another family. Well, so, the, the mom was um was essentially not... Like, basically paid off. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they, like, had a random, like, one-night stand. Trust, yeah. They had a one-night stand. She got pregnant, and... See, when you're rich, you can her. pay off yeah. people. <laughs> and he, like, gave her the money to, like, start her business so that she could then also be obscenely wealthy. Yes, yes. Because everybody in this movie is, is fucking rich boots. But it is nice seeing, like, the whole modern family. And I wish, like, we could talk to somebody older than us that was their first time seeing that in their adulthood. Yeah. Rather than us being, like, kids watching this movie inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably wasn't that inappropriate. My mm-hmm. mom always put on movies that were probably inappropriate. I watched Queer as Folk with my mom. Like, I don't know why she was surprised when I came out. Like, Mom, we basically my watched softcore never... gay porn together. Like... My mom would never, <laughs> ever... I'd try to, like, get her to watch, like... I'll, I'll recommend a show that has, like queerness elements to it just to normalize it in her house and glee like she's a big glee fan i'm just kidding no she was not no i think it was too gay for her it's it's real faggy (laughs) 
In the beginning, they talk about the Republican senator being the chairperson. Well, I guess he said chairman. Yeah. I'm just used to not gendering it. But the chairman of, like, society of moral... Yeah, the moral coalition of something. Basically just, like, anti-gay, anti-sex work. Focus on the family. Yeah, basically that. And, like, there's a scandal because one of his friends dies the in co- a black hookers bet oh yeah. yeah and they make sure to emphasize black they do hookers bet and it's just like i think 17. of well i think of like lindsey cram who mm-hmm. is a very staunch republican conservative but here we have sex workers being like oh i fucked shit out of him yeah so it's like what gives with this party that was, like, my favorite week on Twitter. Ladybugs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. That's such a... And, and the fact that, like, I would... <laughs> if I was... If I got exposed in such a way, I would go away. Oh, yeah. But and they no. just... It's like they have no fear. Kind of no. like this guy in the movie. It's yeah. just, like... Ridiculous. Bless Lindsey Graham. Bless his heart. His ladybug heart. Mm-hmm. I think we should talk about how this shit wraps up. Yeah. Because that is where I get the most angry. Before we get into that, let's take a quick little break. Siscott Tea is Louisville, Kentucky's Black-owned, LGBTQ-owned, woman-owned tea business. They have all kinds of tea for every kind of person, from teas that taste just like desserts, to blends that are downright earthy, herbal, and floral. Some of their exclusive blends include sweet potato pie, cotton can tea, vanilla chamomile, and aged pour. Currently, Siscott Tea has over 30 blends for you to choose from. Siscott Tea's loose leaf tea blends, along with branded merchandise like mugs and t-shirts, gift cards, and membership to their exclusive mug club, can be found in their online store at www.siscottkey.com. That's www.siscottkey.com. Want to buy some tea or merch in person? Well, you're in luck. Siscott Tea is available at all Rainbow Blossom locations, the Speed Art Museum, Blue Dog Bakery and Cafe, Pocket Change, and Lavender Hill Florals in Southern Indiana. Siscott Tea would eventually like to have their own brick-and-mortar store, and you can learn more about how you can support this queer-owned, black-owned business by visiting their website, www.siscotttky.com, and in the meantime, you can use discount code REALLYQUEER on their online store to get 20% off your order. That's REALLYQUEER for 20% off your first online store order. Siscott Tea. Black brewed, queer approved. All right, and we are back. Um, we are going to discuss the um, very kind. Of, it's 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 quite endearing, I think, um, where they're um, getting to know each other, kind of at the um, really awkward at the dinner. beginning. Yeah, the awkward dinner, and they have this like little pseudo musical moment um, where they they are sitting around the piano, and you get to see um, them interacting with each other. This is what the what like them as a family would look like potentially if there wasn't this whole like we hate gay people because we're conservatives and jewish people and we hate jewish people kind of gig so this is what this is a perfect world what um what this family could look like if they just would give them a chance yeah and they're of course they're like singing i could have danced all night which is so gay like mm-hmm. they choose a musical um to be singing and armin's playing the piano and dancing or er, and singing with um 
Calista Flockhart's mom in the movie. And then the Republican senator is dancing with Al because, like, during the dinner, he, like, essentially falls in love. Yeah, it was really strange. (laughs) Because I, like, I even wrote down while I was watching, like, no one, no Republican senator now or then would have pegged them for a cis woman. But he does, and in the movie, and becomes infatuated with her. And they're dancing, like, very intimately during this part, and it kind of just shows everybody doing their thing and getting along and how gender identities really shouldn't matter. Um, But then, of course, shit happens right after that, and... The Grinch lady destroys it all. Yeah. Accidentally. She didn't mean to. She's very good intentions, yeah. but you know what they say about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's, 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 um, I think kind of rushed that we get this, like, she pops in, um, the door, the, the, they leave a note on the door to tell her not to come in and the, the people waiting to, like, get a picture of the senator. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess for those of you who haven't, I, I imagine you've all seen this, but if you haven't, um, towards the end of the film, uh, there are, like, TMZ people outside trying to get a picture of the senator with, uh, they know that the people that he's with are the owner of the drag club, a drag queen, um, and their kid, and they want to, like, capture this scandalous moment as the senator is dealing with his own scandal, uh, or with his, his co-founder scandal. Um, so they take the note down that tells Christine's character to not come in. Um, and of course she shows up, that note's not there. So she goes ahead and comes up and then she accidentally exposes, um, everybody for who they are because she comes in and introduces herself as the mom while the queer family is, is away and they can't like stop this train wreck from happening because they're not there. Um, and that's how that's like quickly the end of the movie. Yeah, well, and, like, the dad, the Republican senator, he looks so upset. Not, like, angry at first. He's just, like, he seems so sad that Mm. the woman he thought was um, a cisgendered woman is not. And he seems so disappointed that he's not able to pursue anything. Yeah, because he was, like, um, he was, at one point he was, like, uh, now that's a woman. That's a real woman. Yeah. Like, they don't make them like that anymore. Is what yeah. <laughs> and then to to have his um his his uh, homophobia transphobia challenged um, by his own attraction to the person and not the not necessarily the body. Right. Attracted to the person, the character. Um, What's really interesting is that Nathan Lane was not out before this movie. Apparently, like this movie was like his big coming out i did not know that is fascinating to me i look at nathan lane and i'm immediately like oh yeah sister (laughs) yeah yeah but i want to say before this he wasn't in super gay roles or anything like that he was in the producers wasn't he yeah but that was way after this yeah unless it was a broadway production before i don't know but yeah apparently he was not out out like to hollywood Mm. He was just out to, like, friends and family type of thing. Aww. So, 
That was quite the coming out. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, if you're gonna do it, do, do it, it with a wig. Alright, so Spencer, what kind of films do you find yourself drawn to? Um, usually really obnoxious, like, artsy films. Like, I know earlier we talked about how I kind of always put on Eternal Sunshine, just as, like, background. Mm -hmm. And um, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, which I can't believe you have not seen. So you will do that after I leave here. It's Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, sad-ass story, but super cute as well. But then I also get... I'm also really drawn to movies like biopics. Um, Grey Garden bi- biopic is a good one. <laughs> because I'm a Drew Barrymore stan. Same. Least, but not really anymore. Her talk show really gets on my nerves. Oh, yeah. If you're no. listening, I'm sorry. It does. Yeah. Love you, Joe. Because you know she's listening, for sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And <laughs> wouldn't that be the show? Um, but yeah, Grey Gardens is also another one that I watch kind of religiously like if i'm bored i'll just turn it on um riding in cars with boys right no i have not i'm sorry um i need to send you home i feel like i've seen parts of it i don't have a dvd player (laughs) what the hell i know and then i love dystopian shit well and i love horror too but like right now in my life dystopian is like at the top of the list like when I think it's because I was a Hunger Games person, like, through and through. When that first came out, I read all the books, I saw all the movies, and then Divergent came out, and then... Oh, I did love the Divergent books. I tried real hard to get into the Divergent movies, and I just Damn, couldn't. I like, you could Maze just, Runner books like, were good, too. You but really enjoy. J-Law, you just couldn't beat, like, you just couldn't beat her. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of goes over to like what I was telling you about my gross obsession with Handmaid's Tale. Like, I know it's not a movie, but that is like the epitome of, uh, dystopian type themes I really get interested in. Dystopian themes that are, that seem like they're literally a three three years away from us possibly yeah and that is kind of how that book was written and how that show is portrayed and i guess i like any type of queer themed movie um at the time when i was younger there weren't a lot of like american ones out besides like birdcage and whatnot so i would always like scroll through like on demand and find like foreign queer films and read the subtitles and it was yeah, so any gay movie as well is up there. Fierce. Perks um, of Being a Wallflower falls into queer and hipster movies. With that said, uh, since you like art films, like art housey films... I'm, oh, what a better term to use. What? Art house. Art house. Well, it just, uh, it's, a very, it's a very film bro term to yeah. use. Um, so, since you like those kinds of films, uh, how did the... The Birdcage speak to you from the, the list of movies that I uh, that I threw your way. Birdcage was is just a fun movie overall. Yeah, it has its little problematic nuances and whatnot, but I identified with that one the most out of the options, just because I am a white cis male and also really privileged, and that 
is literally what that movie is about. Yeah. Um, it was one of the first, like, gay movies I saw growing up, probably, um, with family. So, I'm, I'm curious, to, like, if I could really unpack, like, how I felt at the time when I saw it. Do you ever wonder that, like, when you yeah. are, like, how did I feel when I was younger and I saw this? Yeah, definitely. Um, so to wrap everything up, um, I guess my final thoughts on the film are, um, it's a funny film with a lot of charm and laughs overall. Um, but I I find it to be also a sad story. It's an example of queer people bending over backwards to appease society at the expense of their authenticity. Al isn't the monster. Al is empathetic, kind, and loving, and wants so desperately to be seen for who they are. Armand is stuck between understanding how cruel the world is and trying to protect both Al and their son, um, trying to be a good father and also a good partner. Um, Armand feels guilt that Val's life is harder because his parents are gay. Val treats Al like an embarrassing and disposable fruit, not taking Al's feelings into account because he doesn't have to. He's not the freak, but he is the monster. Obviously, this is a worst-case scenario, with Barbara's family being the extreme right. Had they been more accepting, this wouldn't have been such a big ordeal. Considering she didn't grow up with two gay dads, she doesn't have the same experiences. uh, Experiences that would impart the empathy you'd expect from Val. This film is often kind of unappreciated by the queer community um, for its, uh, I guess, characterization of effeminate gay men. Um, but in its defense, for its time, it was very progressive, right? It's a film that shows two gay men in a healthy, loving relationship. Um, and the target audience for this was, uh, likely a heterosexual one, you know? And so they were probably expecting a Mrs. Doubtfire laugh riot. Uh, but instead of, uh, just doing that, it delivered a movie that was easily digestible, uh, and it planted seeds of sympathy and acceptance for queer people which is very, very important leading up to, um, you know, where we are today, which we still have some ways to go, but overall, um, things are much better than they were when this film released. But yeah, so where can, uh, where can the audience, uh, find you and Fair Kentucky? Both of us? Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Spencer Jinx, it's S-P-E-N-C-E-R, J-E-N-K-S-S. And then Queer Kentucky is QueerKentucky.com. Instagram is at Queer Kentucky. And so is Twitter. And then we have a Facebook as well. You can just search Queer Kentucky. You can also just Google search us and all kinds of shit will pop up. As far Um, as Queer Kentucky goes, I do want to be um, sure. Is it at Queer K-Y? Oh, Kentucky is always spelled out. Okay. Um, some of the branding has just the KY, but website, emails, everything is queer and then Kentucky spelled out completely. Fierce. Okay. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug? This will be dropping at the end of July. Yeah. So we are starting a monthly queer dance party that is going to act as a fundraiser for Queer Kentucky. Um the series is called Gag, and it's going to be hopefully every month from here on out. And the first theme of our gag parties is Lady Gaga, Mary the Night. Um, it is on the third floor of Story Louisville, which is 
900 East Main Street. There's plenty of parking. Um, it's not far away from play, so if you want to hop over there afterwards, or there's actually a big bioglitz party um, at the old Tim Faulkner Gallery in Portland that you could hit up afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's $10 to get in, and then I believe our drink sponsors are Modica, which is an LGBT-owned cocktail uh, business. So they will be slinging drinks all night, and we will have tons of drag shows and a Gaga costume contest. Fierce. Wow, that was really... You did that that very well. Yeah, I was just thinking Very that. impressed. Thanks. I don't think I've ever had anybody who was able to wrap it up, and then you had, like, addresses and everything. This is new for the audience. They're used to me, like, fumbling through... Well, I'm just so used to promoting these events. I'm just like, this is where it is. This is what's going on. This is what's going on in the surrounding area. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's really like like I said, that's really impressive. Um, so yeah, you can uh, you can find really queer at really queer. That's R E E L Y queer on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and now Facebook. I just made a like page for Facebook. Um, I commandeered the old Sydney Hampton one because I never used it. So why not? So what um, happens to the old really queer facebook page wasn't there one already mm-hmm. oh no there was nope just me on my uh sydney hampton page because i thought i tagged really queer the other day you did that's the new page gotcha yeah i hadn't okay. actually done anything with it um after you did that i was like oh the perfect opportunity for me to like <laughs> post that i did this i did it like a week or two ago perfect um, i've been going back and deleting some um old drag related stuff i had like so many that were like come out to play level tonight for sunday fun day and it had like three likes. I'm like, that's embarrassing. That's whenever you first started. That's ugly. We're gonna delete it now. Um, but yeah, so you can find really queer at really queer on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter, uh, and you can find me, the host at Sid, uh, at the Sydney Hampton on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Snapchat, everything. You got a LinkedIn? I don't, but I will have a website soon. I hope you guys are looking forward to that. Oh my god. I didn't even bring this up either. Um, movie night. Uh, really queer movie night. This is the first one I got. I get to do in a long time. So I'm really excited. It's on August 15th at Play Louisville. But um, thank you again so much for joining. And, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Talking for... We talked for uh, quite a while. We did. Um, we did. You we have some we editing gonna, to do. <laughs> I know we said that we were going to try and make it like an hour or less. And I was like, oh, that'll be easy. Because it's not a movie that we need to talk a lot about the movie itself. <laughs> And then we, we talked for uh, an hour and 55 minutes. <laughs> so maybe I can make it a two-parter. I don't feel like, I don't know that it needs to be a two-parter. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the wash. But um, yeah, thank you all for listening. And uh, uh, stay spooky. Thank you.